Welcome into the Husker 24-7 podcast. I'm Mike Schaefer, joined by Michael Brunts. And that's all. That's everybody. Yep. That's all you're getting. You want somebody else, you're going to have to wait at least another week and then learn a new language. Yep. And we're going to have to learn a new language, too. And i got to find somewhere for that St. Bernard. Yeah. Man, I don't know if you have enough room in your house for a St. Bernard. I uh, I used to want a Newfoundland. I remember that. And... Uh, then I learned that those dogs live like six years and take gigantic poops. So, was would your wife have ever been on board with yeah with the the Newfoundland? She, she was briefly on board with the Newfoundland as an option, and then uh, th- then we got off the Newfoundland path. Then you get on like the Great Burmese Mountain Dog. Yeah. Wasn't that next? Well, yeah. When I started doing the math too on how much food, um, it, basically you're inviting like a teenager into your house right from the get go. <laughs> Which I mean, eh, it could be worse, right? I guess. <laughs> you can't. Now, now you're just out on dogs entirely. Yeah, just, uh, I, I'm, I'm off the, off the uh, well, not not entirely, but smaller dog. Smaller dog. Like a slider sized dog. Oh, okay. All right. I thought you meant like a no, five pound. No, not dog. like a chihuahua. Or, oh, okay. Not a purse dog. All right. Well, that would look kind of weird if you were rolling into practices just with a dog hanging out with you in your nap bag. Is that what people call them? Nap bags? Like a computer bag? Messenger bag? I don't know. Yeah. We're off subject, which is not unusual for us. But it's it's also the end of April, and there's not, you know, pressing things to discuss. But if you had to pick a topic you wanted to get into, and given that it is the day of the NFL draft, the opening round, John Elway's Latest quarterback project scheduled to be drafted at some point today. Do we do we get Drew Locke? Is that is that where they're going? I mean, you could get Locke. You could get Haskins. Is Haskins going to be there at, at, at when Denver picks? Well, maybe Denver's not going to be at ten when Denver's supposed to pick. Maybe they'll be at four. Maybe they'll be at five. These are these are the years where I kind of cross my fingers that they're going to go boring and like draft a guard or something like that. <laughs> Which, as someone whose team is uh, likely to draft a guard, I find it really hard to be interested the, in the draft. The drafting of a guard in the first round is like the real-life equivalent of like buying tires. <laughs> you know, it's got to be done, but you, you're not particularly looking forward to it. You need them, but it's not a real sexy purchase. Yeah. it's. I mean, that's... Maybe one of the better equivalences you've ever given on this podcast. Probably that's so. funny. I'm, I'm proud of that one. You like to you like to give those. I, I always appreciate that. But Nebraska, not likely to have anybody taken on Thursday night. I think that's a, a given. Uh, when do you think that we would be in the territory of Nebraska having a player taken? I mean, it's... Third day. I mean, I, I don't think... You don't see anybody going Friday night? I don't think so. I mean, I, I think that... I think that Stanley Morgan will get taken. I, I'm i a little less confident that Divine Zigbo will be taken. And do you think that Tanner Farmer gets like a late... Somebody takes a late flyer on Tanner, Tanner Farmer? Tanner Farmer. Over Luke Gifford? I would, so if, I, if I had to guess who the next person... Of the most likely to be drafted, it would have been Luke Gifford. Yeah, I can see that. I was see, I was I was thinking that, and then I was digging a little bit into to Tanner Farmer's draft prep. I mean, and, and the numbers that he put up at Nebraska's pro day were pretty 
competitive. I mean, really competitive with people at the combine. Is he one of those guys that didn't get enough credit for how good of an athlete he is? I mean, we we talked about center, um, and and Nebraska's problems of trying to find a center in recent years. And I actually think if Farmer would have just started there, he'd have been a pretty good player at that position. He's a really good athlete. I mean, he was an incredible wrestler in mm-hmm. high school. He, uh, you know, went to it a little bit, which probably saved his football career doing it in college. And I just think that we we don't give him enough credit for how good he is, at least athletically. Well, and, and strength, too. I mean, he's right. really just, you know, incredibly strong. I mean, it, if he's not picked, I could see him having a kind of similar career trajectory to like a Jeremiah Searles maybe where, you know, you play multiple positions, which makes you extremely valuable. Uh, and, and, you know, you just need a chance. And, yeah. and I, I think he's going to get his shot. I, I just wonder if, you know, teams, somebody will just, you know, sneak in late and get him in the seventh round maybe instead of, you know, trying to fight the free agency game. So if the number was set at one and a half draft picks, you would take what, over or under? I would cautiously take the over. Just cautiously? Yeah. I feel like Ozigbo is a pretty safe bet to get drafted now. Based on? Uh, he's moved up, it seems, on a number of boards, at least what I had read. When I looked at seven-round mocks, he's continuously taken. And it really just takes a matter of one team to be like, okay, we want to use our six-round pick on him. Right, that's true. And I, I honestly think he's going to end up with the Vikings. I mean, they've done the most work on him. Rick Spielman's seen him every bunch. every game the last two years. And they, they legitimately have a need for running back, but they don't necessarily have the, the capital that they can invest early on somebody like a Miles Sanders or a, you know David Montgomery. So Ozigbo would complement well with Cook. I mean, he could play as a third down running back if necessary because he can catch the ball out of the backfield. I mean, I, I think that there's certain things that line up with what the Vikings need, and he's just worked out for him several times. He's been linked to Minnesota. Uh, I just think that's a team that late – they also have like three six-round picks too. So, Who do you think out of this group ends up having the best NFL career? Stanley Morgan, I think. I, I – I wouldn't be surprised if he has a better NFL career than Quincy Inunua, who's had a better NFL career than what people listening to this podcast may realize. Like Quincy's had several good seasons. He's signed a long-term deal with the Jets. He's going to have, you know, probably another six, 700-yard season here this year if he stays healthy. I think Stanley Morgan can easily do that. Um, I... There's a reason why that guy, the moment, the first time I saw him on campus, and this was after liking him as a recruit and having him in my Super 6, that I knew he would contribute as a freshman. I mean, he's just a, physically, he's one of the better receivers Nebraska's had. And he's not necessarily the most athletic, but he's more athletic than even I thought when he went through the combine. And he's competitive. I just think he's one of those guys that's going to be a success. I don't have doubts on him the way that I have other Nebraska wide receivers in the last 10 years that have come out where it's been like, oh, well, this guy could be good. This guy could be good. He reminds me in a lot of ways like Quincy, except he's a better version, I think, than Quincy. Well, Quincy was, what, a sixth-round pick? Is that right? Yeah. It was pretty late. I mean, it's – you know, that that's another situation where, you know, a guy just kind of got a shot with a team and, and made – I mean, 
the Jets are the Jets, but I mean, he's what 118 career receptions, 1600 yards, five touchdowns. And I mean, he's been hurt too. Like he yep. missed the entire he missed an entire season with a Nick injury when he would have been the number one receiver in that offense. Yeah. Which I mean, they were a bad team, but still like his production could have been really good. Right. And the checks would have cashed would have cleared. I think the checks so. still cash. Um, no question about that. Gifford's interesting too. You know, I, I think he's a guy that, you know, because of his senior season and the fact that he's was pretty athletic. I mean, he's two hundred forty five pounds right now. Um, yeah, he'll get a shot. I mean, as a special teams guy too, maybe it. Uh, you know, with him, it's just a matter of can he stay healthy because yep. that, that was something that he always fought at Nebraska. Well, and and think about you can only take you know, 53 men on your roster. So you need guys that can do multiple things. So right. his ability to play special teams, his ability that he could be both an inside or an outside linebacker in certain systems, he could play in a 3-4 or fit fine in a 4-3. I just think that there's enough that he can do that he could put himself on somebody's roster and have success with it and be a steady guy that you don't have to worry about. And sometimes that dependability and reliability is as valuable as anything else because he also has the athleticism. I mean, he's a good athlete too. Mm-hmm. So um, he's kind of my surprise why I, – I think Nebraska's going to get three people taken. And he, at the very end of that draft in the seventh round, someone who wants him and doesn't want to have to fight everybody in the undrafted free agency aspect of it is going to nab him. He met with the Bears – Falcons. Falcons. Saints. I feel like all those guys met with the Saints. Yeah. Um, Vikings, too, I think. I think so. So, I mean, that's it's good. I mean, he, all those guys put up pretty good numbers at, at Nebraska's Pro Day, too, for you know not getting invites. So, it'll be interesting. I, I, I would go the over a little less cautiously. You've talked me into, I think, two is probably yeah. the number. I, I, Gifford and Farmer, I wonder about, but. Um. Yeah, I mean, it'll be. I guess at what? When do you? So here's see, one. Is it more likely to you that only one gets taken or three gets taken? Uh, I'd say more likely that three get taken. When do you? When do you see Nebraska getting back to having more than like two guys picked, or that they're waiting until Saturday for that first time? Right. The day Adrian Martinez leaves. That long. Yeah, I just there's you look at this next upcoming class. What would it be? Yeah, I know. I, I think there's another and year so there's, of this, and right? It's, and it, it's not that you know. Look, somebody like Lamar Jackson could go have a monster senior year, and because he's a physical freak, could play his way into being a Friday pick in the NFL. And I know that sounds absurd because there was people just as recent as you know, twelve months ago that would have laughed you out of every, you know, dwelling in America for right. saying such a thing. But that's that's how a lot of this works is that physical projection. He's the only guy I can think of that's a senior for this upcoming year that makes sense to me in that regard. Mo Berry, you think he gets picked? He's too small. As an inside linebacker in the NFL, he's barely six foot. I'm trying to think who else. And he's not the same caliber of athlete of another barely six-footer in – Levante David. Good Darian Daniels. I'm trying to think. Darian I, I, Daniels. I'm just naming, yeah. naming names now. No, Darian Daniels is someone I think could get taken in the NFL for sure. Um, I don't think the Davis twins. No. Uh, I 
don't who else i don't think somebody like alex davis uh dicaprio boodle's a junior and he's a little small but i could see him get taken like that next year i would imagine he'd come back now if somebody is like deontay williams has the sort of season i think he could have oh leaving early that's look when nebraska has people threatening to leave early that's when your program is doing thing right as the as the nfl is concerned. I mean, it feels like a long time ago that we had to gather for a press conference when Amir Abdullah announced that he was coming back. Yeah. And Vincent Valentine left early. That ended up all right for him, though. Yeah. Got a did. Super Bowl. Did. Doesn't have, didn't have much of an NFL career. He's with the Cardinals now. And he Somebody signed him? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, that's good. He was uh, he was a free agent for a little bit during the season last year. He did it. I think he did a year on, on IR, and then uh, – Ended up in Arizona. Good. Good for Vincent. Yeah. And then you got those guys down at the Cowboys. and So, the thing of it is, it's not like they haven't had NFL guys. They just haven't had those no-doubters. You've had, you know, Amir was second round. Randy was second round. Prince was your last first round. Sue was, you know, two years before that. One year. One year. Yeah. One year before that. It's been it's, it had, been a it's while. seven guys taken in 2011. That was the last. They had five guys in 2016. So it's been a while. I mean, even last year I had six, Tanner Lee in the sixth round, Nate Gary in the fifth round. The year before that, Collins and Valentine both went in the third round in 2016. Abdullah and Gregory, the two second rounders, and then I always forget Stanley Jean Baptiste was a second rounder. Yep. Um, and Spencer Long, who, I mean, is still kicking around the league, too. And we learned is a really big fan of house music uh, based on what they work out to uh, after spring practices. It was always him, and him, Searles, and Quali. Yeah. And they'd have, like, techno music going, which was they had, not the choice that, that I would have expected them to make. There was a... And, and I'm far from a prude... And certainly a music prude. But you know how they have those tours running through there all the time with like grade school children? Yep. And then you'd have some of those guys working out. This real heavy rap song came on one time. And I was just thinking to myself like, yeah, I would at least, you know, try to avoid that window of like that mid-morning when you know all those kids are coming through. But it's like, I don't know. This is the practice facility kids. Uh, don't listen to what's going on up yeah. there. I mean, some of the lyrics were like pretty bad. <laughs> the point, I'm sitting there, I was writing something, and I'm like, I'm hearing it. I'm like, oh. Were you, bl- were you blushing a little bit? A little bit. Yeah. Like I, I, like I felt like I needed to apologize to the chaperone who I could tell was hearing the lyrics too. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't even me. It wasn't my music. It wasn't my choice. I was just a, a bystander in the whole thing, but I felt felt awkward. Man. Oh, well. Shrug. What can you do? Well, uh, you have any predictions? Can you can you give one team that Stanley Morgan is going to end up with out of thirty? Uh, wait, thirty-two? Yeah. Stanley Morgan feels like he's going to be a Houston Texan. Okay. I don't know why. 
But I'm going Houston. Joining Will Fuller and DeAndre Hopkins down in Houston. I like it. Yes. Who you got? Uh, he's going to be catching passes from... I was just going to say a team, and I realized I don't need receivers. He'll be catching passes from Cam Newton oh. down in Carolina. So we'll we'll put him with the Panthers. Okay. They need receivers. Yes. They need help. Um, what other football stuff we got to get through? Uh, you talked to Jakeem Green. You want to do that now, or you want to wait? Let's let's just do it now. And you we you want do... a break? You need a break? Nah. A little sip of water? Let's just uh, let's power through Jakeem Green real okay, quick. Okay, go. So I went down to Highland Community College on Monday, met up with Jakeem Green, talked with his coaches, and he's really excited about what he experienced in Nebraska. He really liked Tony Tuioti, and his coach was really impressed by how Tuioti did things in the meeting when they were just those two. And one of the things he told me is that Tuioti would have a screen pulled up of like what Nebraska would be running in practice. And then he'd have like a screen pulled up of what Jakeem Green had been doing, like in cut ups of his his film. And so he would like ISO highlight one player over here at Nebraska and then to kind of show Green like, okay, this is what you're doing now. This is how we're seeing you being used here at Nebraska. This is where you need to get better. And so he's like both showing him what he'd be doing, coaching as to where he would be getting better and how they'd be using him. And the the coach I was talking to was really impressed by the whole presentation and how like effective Tuioti was communicating and getting his point across and doing it in a way that like if Green had like a bad rep, it never made him look bad. Or if he was trying to explain you you needed to do this or you needed to like he. It was he said very well done, and he sat in on those meetings before, and he could see it's easy to be captivated if you were a player because of how Tuioti had that all set up. So I thought that was one of the more interesting, you know, Nebraska takeaways. Green is really, uh, you know, chomping at the bit to get up to Lincoln. He knows he's going to have to. He's he basically said he knows he's behind everybody, and so he's going to have to get there and prove that he can, you know, play when he gets those reps, whatever amount that he gets, to then prove that he can handle himself when the bullets start flying for real. So, um, you know, he's he's already pretty motivated in that regard. I think that uh, there's really no concern really on his end or on his coach's end about the qualification status. So it seems like that's more of a matter of time and not a matter of if, which is really good to hear. And then he was also pretty over the top about how quickly he had struck up relationships with guys in Nebraska's defensive line room and was excited and was name-checking some people he was looking forward to spending time with when he gets up to Lincoln. So I, I think those are all good things. And then as for other things over at Highland, Brian George is probably the best player in that program right now in terms of a recruit. He, uh, he had a really nice practice when I was there on Monday. You could see why teams are drooling over him. Corner, right? Yeah, he's taller than I am, which puts him at a legit 6'2". And he is quick. He's long. He's got long arms. And he's just constantly talking, just nonstop, letting everybody know the result of every play. And 
Highland's defense is much further along than their offense right now. So generally every play was a negative play during the live period for the offense. So uh, he's going to be really intriguing recruit. Auburn, Miami, Arkansas, Nebraska are his top four right now. Auburn, Miami are probably the two schools out towards the front. Nebraska with them. Florida Arkansas, native? I don't think, has gotten a visit yet. Florida so, native? Is that where he's from? He's a Florida native. Miami's kind of the dream school. I think if the Hurricanes push hard enough, that's where he'd likely end up. Going back to green, what – I mean, you said it's a matter of time. Um, I mean, what kind of time are we talking? Because, I mean, the the answer to the time question probably so he is, is going to bleed over to the other. Right. He has a computer – um, an online class that he has to take that's three credit hours that as soon as he passes that, he'd be able to enroll within a you know five-week window at Nebraska. Okay. And so I think you're looking at that last five-week window, which would be... July? Is July, it? yeah. Okay. So that's, I mean, you're, you're probably looking at July for things to come together for him, and that's if he takes care of everything quickly. And I think it's a go-at-your-own-pace you know, online class. So the quicker he can get that done and get it passed, the earlier he'd be able to enroll. So he was, he's hopeful for late June, early July, basically. I think it's more realistically mid June, late or mid, mid July, late July. Gotcha. So, and if, and if it's late July, he's obviously have missed a session and then he enrolls like everybody else does for fall camp yep. or for beginning of August. And they start fall camp. It's early this year, isn't it? I want to say August 1. I want to say that. Or or no, might be a couple days after August 1 because August 1 might be a Sunday. So Interesting. And Nebraska made another offer at Highland. Yeah. Another defensive lineman down there, Travis Geiger, who the coaches were basically saying has been unblockable all spring in part because three of their offensive linemen are injured. <laughs> um, but, yeah. Well, that's – Great, but, not, great, not a curve there. Right, but. he's also six foot five, three hundred and probably conservatively twenty pounds. That helps. And uh, he was tossing people around on Monday. He is a very good athlete and a full qualifier. As he was already, he went to Tiffin College in Ohio, and then knew that he was too good for that. Transferred, ended up at Highland, so he's trying to restart his recruitment. Because he's a full qualifier, I think if he wanted to, he would be able to enroll with a program already. So that's something to keep an eye on as well. And we know Nebraska made an offer to Jeffrey Mabaugh from um, St. Thomas More in Connecticut, a 2019 Virginia defensive line commitment. So it seems like they have – that available roster space to take another defensive lineman. It's just I'm curious as to who it would be and, and how it all works out. Tiffin University, if you're wondering, is a uh, D2 school in the GMAC. So a six foot five, 325 yeah. pound guy in the GMAC doesn't seem fair. Just tossing people around. Non injured people tossing them around. <laughs> the injured people did not practice, so. Which is probably good for them. Yeah. Wouldn't he he well. probably injured him. You know, it was not explained to me whether he was the one that caused the injuries or not. So, the Highland uh, also, Willie Canty. Oh, uh, yeah. Willie Canty. I forgot to ask about Willie Canty. He is uh, probably not likely in Nebraska's 
plans. Um, coaches there feel like he has a long way to go for their own plans for Highland. Uh, he'd be playing tackle for him this year. Notably got in a fight during practice in which two guys were swinging at each other and connecting punches against helmets, which never draws praise from nope. coaches. The fight alone generally isn't going to draw praise, but when you're punching somebody in a helmet, you're not getting praise for that either. So uh, he's got a ways to go as well down there. So Highland, pretty interesting uh, stuff coming out of there. Certainly have good relationships with Nebraska. It is very much closer to Lincoln than you would probably guess. So for for us not familiar with Kansas Junior College geography, how far is Highland from Nebraska from from Lincoln? It's close. Two hours from my door to to Highland's football field. It was two hours and sixteen minutes. So, um, I mean, if Nebraska with losing uh, the coach that went from Dodge City Community College, which is or Garden City, which is where Jeff they Sims. were placing a lot of people I wouldn't be surprised if Highland is a school that they use for that too going forward they like the coaching staff there again it's only two hours and it's all about those relationships of where you feel good with the coaches talk to some people in, in the network and Highland's not a program that's recruited heavily by like K-State and KU either which I mean that's a little surprising but because of guys like Green and George and others They've had a number of schools rolling through there this year that had never been there before. Yeah. And so they, um, Arizona was one of them that was there the same day that I was. Never been there. Uh, stopped in because of some of the talent that they had. Made several offers. Tuioni um, was there a yeah, couple Wednesday. days after you'd been there. Yeah. He heard that I was there and yeah. got down there, I think. i got to see what this is all about. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think he talks like that. No, but. he definitely does not. <laughs> um, so... I mean, we're in recruiting. We may as well just keep going with recruiting. Uh, Nebraska made about 700 offers um, this week. That's a little high, but probably in the ballpark of how many offers went out. What do you make of uh, the the offer blitz? And d- did you pull any themes or anything like that? I guess out of I mean, there's a lot of, a lot in Pennsylvania in the Northeast. Uh, our Penn State writer was a little pissed off that he didn't get an offer from Nebraska, uh, which he tweeted at us. But have been a good tight end. Yeah, um, I assume Sean played football. Yeah, maybe. Maybe he's just tall. Yeah, um, but what what did you make out of some of these early offers? Because there's there's been a ton of them. Yeah, I, I looked at it where basically eighty percent of those offers they were making were to twenty twenty one kids that were of the high quality that they had yet to offer. Um, in large part because they hadn't been in that geographical area much in December and January. I don't know when Mike Dawson officially left the recruiting trail for Nebraska, but a lot of those offers were would have been in the areas that he would have been recruiting for him last year. I don't know which of their coaches. I'm guessing it was – well, Tuioti was in Connecticut. I think Becton was up in Massachusetts. Right. Uh, Jack Cooper was in Virginia and then Maryland. Held was in Mississippi. I don't know which coach was in Pennsylvania, though. I wonder if it was Troy Walters because he was he would have made that offer to Marvin Harrison's kid, I yeah. think, because they were teammates. I wondered if he was the one that was up there. Could be. And so they, they made, I think, nine total offers in Pennsylvania. They made six offers in Virginia, three offers in Connecticut, several offers in Mississippi. Um, 
and then today they're they're off in Phoenix making offers in Arizona. It's Mario Verduzco in in Phoenix. Yep. So it's uh, it, a lot of it though. Again, they're just they're working ahead to that 2021. There were some 2020 offers. There's a couple actually in Ohio, um, as well as one was in Connecticut. But a lot of it, as I said, they just want to get ahead on that 2021 board and keep working through. And you know, a number of those guys were already top 247 ranked by 24/7 Sports in the 2021 class. So um, it's just working their numbers and working the area. The, uh, I mean, it's going to be a lot of offers, probably not going to be hosting a ton of guys uh, on campus or anything like that. May, um, I would guess you'll yeah. see maybe some more people in. I mean, a lot of these offers are probably being made to, I mean, just to get that process started. I mean, because, I mean, Scott Frost has said, you know, they have to, to, they feel they have to do that now. And I know that Nebraska's become a little bit of a, not a laughing stock, but I mean, it gets brought up. The laughing n- stock. The number of, the number of, players that nebraska has offered gets noted quite a bit by other programs in the big 10 which i think is kind of a joke but right um, which is funny to me because honestly who cares right like do you really beat your chest that you're the program that only offered 132 people like doesn't matter right it, it whatever matters is what your number is linked to on signing day when those are rolling in right um so it, you're right. They they do a lot of this so they can start that relationship process. The offer goes out. They figure out who has legitimate interests. They rearrange their board from there. They continue to work on the guys they really want, and they continue to see where that interest falls and then who wants to start to set up visits or all of that kind of stuff. I mean, it's different than when we were covering it, you know, 6 years ago where an offer was after you'd already spent a couple months, you know, talking with the position coach and then you talk to the defensive coordinator and your area coach, and then Bo Pelini would come through with the offer. It doesn't work that way anymore. It's different. And, um, you know, Nebraska's had success with it. So, yeah, I don't think they're going to apologize for how many offers they have out or be concerned that other schools or other writers are incredulous over the thing. It's one of those things that strikes me that within three years – Every other school in the Big Ten will basically have a similar offer number to where Nebraska's at now. Yep. Because they will just catch up and and go on with it. That that's how I sort of view it, anyways. Well, let's take a quick time out here, and when we come back, we'll dive into some Nebraska basketball who picked up a commitment over the weekend. We will probably touch a little bit more on football, and then we will discuss Darren Erstad's boys ahead of a uh, Illinois series that has ramifications for the big 10 they're all big mike they're all big he says so we will uh we'll catch you after this quick break passion drive and patience what brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers roof racks exhaust kits led headlights and more whether you're into speed power or style ebay motors has got you covered With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. 
Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. And Nebraska basketball picked up a commitment over the weekend. Brunts, what do you know of the newest wing player on a team full of wing players? It's, it's uh, the Red Wings. It's Hanif. <laughs> Jeez, look at that. Uh, Could have went Scarlet Wings. Yeah. Hanif Cheatham, um, grad transfer from Florida Gulf Coast, uh, who had transferred there from uh, Marquette. This is not live, by the way. The sorry, we're soccer's on. West Ham just uh, scored a key goal over Leicester City. It says live. It, th- this is a replay, but it says live. Right, it's not. Why wouldn't you remove the live portion from it on the replay? When I'm a TV producer, I'll make that decision. All right, sorry. Uh, so Hanif Cheatham uh, takes an official visit to Nebraska. Decides within about 24 hours of being in Lincoln that he wanted to. Commit to Nebraska, um, signed as official, and as you mentioned, will join all the other backcourt players that Nebraska has currently on its roster. So what are they getting in Hanif Cheatham? Well, let me tell you. <laughs> uh, you know, I can, if you want someone to set you up, I can No, that's that. fine. Uh, I, look, you're, I can, tell I can you're, deal some assists. You're still stewing about that live thing it's on annoying. the TV, aren't you? I don't like it. So Nebraska is getting a player who basically they need a guy who can come in, be a leader on this team, a guy that's really been through it in the Big East, former high four-star, top 100 type player, can shoot from the outside, gets to the rim. Uh, At Marquette, played in an offense because of the roster limitations that they had that was similar to what Fred Hoiberg's going to be doing with a lot of – shooting from the outside a lot of they played smaller ball there um and that's you know as they go forward nebraska is not going to be as grad transfer heavy um matt Abel massey said as much but they need guys that can help them right away whether that's junior college or grad transfer and this is a guy that they didn't really have a, a prior relationship with uh hanif told me that you know when when hoiberg got hired they reached out pretty quickly but he didn't know any of those guys um, from before. Um, but this is a situation, again, where I think that Fred Hoiberg's reputation with transfers, his reputation as an NBA head coach, uh, is going to help them to put this roster together pretty quickly. What do you see left for them to do as they assemble this roster? Still need a point guard. 
They which the dream scenario is Cam Mack. Cam Mack would be the the ideal uh, former St. John's signee, who I think Nebraska is in a good place for. I mean, I know he's going to take an official visit to Texas A&M, but I just feel like if you're looking at relationship, which he obviously has with Matt Adelmassey, uh the fact that there's opportunity at Nebraska that you don't really have a true point guard on your roster right now. Deshaun Burke, I guess, could play that if he needed to, but I don't I don't think that would be their ideal. And he's a he's a three year junior college transfer, so I, I think it makes a lot of sense for him at Nebraska. And I, I think he would be the guy that they would feel pretty good about wrapping things up with. And then you have to get you some size. Um you know, I, I think that they're gonna bring in a couple guys that can help right away to take a look at uh in terms of you know, just post presence, but that that to me is the biggest question mark because I I struggle to see a way that Isaiah Roby comes back next year and you got Brady Hyman, that's your size right now. And that's you know, as good as you can be on the outside, you're gonna get killed in the post in the Big Ten. So you need to have some depth there. So that that's that's kind of the the wants and needs list. And I think Nebraska is going to take some, some sit out transfers too, uh, to, to kind of bolster the, the following year. That's, that's basically the spiel. It's a good spiel. Yeah. Well, uh, we'll see. I would imagine in another week's time, we're going to know a little bit more as to and what it, it could look like. Something that, that Hanif brought up too, that I think is going to be really important for this team. They, they're going to Italy in August and, they're going to have so many new faces on this roster. I still think you might see a little bit of attrition potentially from the guys on the roster now that you're going to need that extra practice time, not only just for learning Hoiberg's system and getting up to, up to speed there, but just figuring out who the hell your rotation is going to be because it's it's going to be pretty remarkable the the difference that this team's going to have when they get on the floor there's a chance you're watching five guys play that did not play at nebraska the year before yeah and that's kind of rare in college basketball to come across that yeah a whole lot so that that's certainly going to be interesting as to where things are at let's move from basketball to baseball where nebraska lost a series to iowa and they lost on the road to Creighton, and the noise is starting. Brunch, do you hear the noise? Uh, the noise is there. Um, is the noise always there? It's April. I mean, it's it's noise season. Noise uh, season. Yeah. yeah Cruton season. N-O-I-Z-E-S-Z-N, noise season. Um, we got Rays getting season. Yeah. It, it's bag season. You'll, you'll drop a series. So it started last week. You, you lose to K-State at home in a pretty lackluster effort. You drop a series on the road to Iowa. I mean, probably should have won Friday night. I mean, to be honest, they should have won that series um, based on how Matt Waldron was pitching. The the bats are not going right now at all. They were hitting 2 two eleven as a team going into that game with Creighton. And I believe they were uh, they managed four hits in that game. So it's it's a lot of the the same conversation that seems to pop up this time of year, especially when Nebraska drops a couple games. And the reality of the situation is Nebraska has four series left, three in conference. They're currently percentage points out of first place in uh, the Big Ten with Illinois at home this weekend. 
uh, Northwestern on the road. Then they have the Arizona State out-of-conference series, and then you finish at home against Michigan. Indiana and Michigan play one another um, to end the year. And Nebraska, if they can, if they win the series at home against Illinois, you expect that they will probably win that series against Northwestern uh, on the road. It, it's still, for as much as they've kind of struggled over the last 10 games or so, sets up pretty well for them in the Big Ten. And for a team that was you know, picked to finish seventh or eighth and, and is playing a lot of new guys. So it's, uh, it, it's always a fascinating conversation about the direction of, of Nebraska baseball, um, especially – uh, you know, because it, it, it just always seems to, to pop up this time of year when, when Nebraska drops a few games. Who's the best player on Nebraska's team right now? Spencer Schwalbach. I think he's a uh, – Over Polinsky? Yeah. I think that Schwalbach – And over Waldron? Uh, Well, position player-wise, I think it's Schwalbach because I think his ceiling is incredibly high. And he had – Three, he's at three home runs in the last five games. Um, you know, they really missed him when he was out with the ankle injury. Might have hit one if they didn't play in the Grand Canyon on, uh, yeah. Tuesday well, night. That, that's another don't, don't talk negatively about TD Ameritrade Park either. I learned, um, so yeah, I mean, I, I think he's their best. I think he and Polinsky are their two best hitters, and I, I think Matt Waldron, just based on the the senior year that he's having, I don't think anybody would have predicted that. I mean, he's been so inconsistent throughout his career, good at times, pretty bad at times, and uh, he's just having as that I, since I've been covering it again um, since 2011, probably the best kind of turnaround year of anybody that I can remember. This is a question for you. Who's the best Friday night reclamation project that you've seen Silva put together? Because you kind of have, you have Chance Sinclair. Not really reclamation, but like. They came out of, no, him and DeLeon came out De of Leon. nowhere. And now Waldron. Is there anybody I'm forgetting there? Mm. No. Those are probably the main ones that stand out. I. It's got to be Waldron. I mean, when you – he had a good freshman year. His sophomore and junior year, it was like, this guy's never going to put it together. And I would need to check and see what – he's walked six guys this year, I think. Five or six guys this year is all. Yeah. Um, and every game that he's pitched, I mean, Nebraska's had a chance to win. And, it, I mean, as good as Sinclair was and as good as DeLeon was in stretches, I, I don't think that either of them were this good over the the whole season. Been a while since I've had a pitcher of an ERA this low. Yeah. That's pitched that many innings. I mean, it's the last few years, you kind of have been piecing together that rotation with duct tape and cardboard, and it seems like they've got something figured out now finally. So yeah. we'll see. Illinois. All right. Well, we will, uh, I'm sure, discuss the Illinois series. We will talk about – Nebraska basketball and football recruiting and, and any potential football attrition that happens along the way next week. We will be back with you with the Husker 24-7 podcast.